0: OnlyFans is a platform in which you have a locked-in content
1: where you can have people pay for
0: it. I think it's a great way for people to make money if they can. It's saturated, so it's hard. You have to really, like, hustle. Hi, I'm Rameek Johal. And I'm Carol Eugene Park. This is Decomplicated. Before we jump into today's topic, I have one ask and one ask only. It would mean a lot if you could sign up for our daily newsletter where we decomplicate a top story. We tell you why certain things are trending to keep you in the know. Every morning, straight to your inbox, no hassle, but all the fun.
1: 2020 was a year of financial uncertainty, poor mental health, and political angst. We saw the rise and fall of internet trends, along with the increased popularity of new social media apps. Because, let's be honest, we had nothing better to do.
0: I don't mean to interrupt you, Ramneek, but as you were saying that, all of the viral TikTok songs from that time last year started playing in my head. Remember this one? I'm bored in the house, bored in the house, bored.
1: (laughs) What a time. Those songs will always be associated with the time when the world first shut down. But back to the point of today's episode, one platform in particular gained a lot of attention during the first and second wave of the pandemic. The subscription-based service OnlyFans. It's been around for years, but OnlyFans skyrocketed in popularity over the past year. According to a Business Insider report, the site has gained an average of 200,000 new users every day from March to April 2020. And that number has only grown since then.
0: That's a pretty impressive number.
1: I remember last year,
0: a girlfriend of mine joked about potentially creating an OnlyFans account because she had just been laid off from work. I remember thinking, a what, fans? Because I had never heard of this site um, prior to being educated, and I didn't even know that these types of services existed. Needless to say, I realized just how sheltered I have been. Don't worry, Carol, you probably weren't the only one. Romneek, I feel like you're going to give us a history lesson on OnlyFans, its popularity, and the role it plays in reducing stigma, or at times creating more stigma, around online sex work.
1: Well, let's dive in.
0: All right. I'm ready. Tell me, who did you talk to and what did you learn?
1: Well, I spoke to Madison Winter, who is a sex worker and OnlyFans creator. She told me that she joined OnlyFans for the same reason that so many people have in the last year. Lost income and job uncertainty. Here she is.
2: Essentially, in the wake of the pandemic, there's so much uncertainty My in-person clients basically just retreated. The Canada-US border got shut. Basically, my entire revenue stream was cut. So basically, I joined OnlyFans as a way to maintain my livelihood, to continue to pay the bills. And throughout the last few months, it's really helped me to connect with a larger audience. It's really helped me to maintain my financial independence. And yeah, I'm I'm really grateful that it exists. I try to use it in a way where I connect with the people that uh, are on my platform. So I try to post a series of personal, you know, silly and cheeky photos and videos throughout the week and also some sensual erotic things as well. I also offer pay-per-view extras to the more discerning clients.
0: That's really interesting. But um, could you give me a lowdown of how OnlyFans works?
1: So this subscription-based site has been around since 2016. Users pay a monthly subscription to access exclusive content from creators, including images or videos, by paying a monthly fee. Users can also offer tips as well. OnlyFans as we know it today has become synonymous with being a site to access sexual content. But it's not limited to sex work. Creators can share any kind of content, including workouts, cooking videos, or even behind-the-scenes footage. That was one thing that was really surprising to me
0: when I was learning about OnlyFans, that, you know, it's a site for all kinds of content creation.
1: Yeah, exactly. And anyone can produce any type of content, but now most of us know it as a platform for sex work. I asked Madison how she thinks OnlyFans has changed sex work. I think just OnlyFans in existence makes sex work more accessible.
2: It has a very low barrier entry. You don't really need much equipment to get started, good lighting, a camera phone, that sort of thing. I mean, throughout the pandemic, we've seen people, men and women, face layoffs, workplace closures, other various employment loss. And a lot of people have turned to OnlyFans, which is a form of online sex work instead. If we're careful and critical about how we talk about OnlyFans and sex work in general, and I think if we speak about it in a way that's respectful and used in the right conversational context, it can definitely reduce stigma. I think if we focus on the way that it's empowering men and women, providing autonomy, financial independence, the stigma of online sex work will fade. If it remains the butt of the joke, if it remains brought up in a way that's disrespectful, I think we're only further ostracizing an already fast-growing platform and the people who are using it.
0: I mean, if many of our jobs went online, why wouldn't sex work also see a boom in the digital world?
1: Exactly. Ramneek!
0: Not everyone is into podcasts, and some people just prefer to read the news. So for podcast listeners who have friends or family who aren't simply down for a 25-minute podcast, where can they join the Decomplicated family?
1: Well, they can simply go to Decomplicated.com and sign up for our daily newsletter, where we decomplicate a top story. We tell you why certain things are trending to keep you in the know. Every morning, straight to your inbox. No hassle, but all the fun.
0: Amazing! Back to our regular programming. I don't know about you, Romneek, but I've seen a lot of sexually explicit content on both Instagram and Twitter, And I assume, like many content creators, sex workers on OnlyFans likely cross-promo their work on different social media platforms. I guess I'm just wondering, like, has there been more censorship in spaces like Twitter and Instagram because of the popularity of promoting OnlyFans on these sites?
1: Sites, including Instagram, have strict community guidelines, including but not limited to nudity, whether it's explicit or not. But one issue is that community guidelines like these leave a lot of gray areas for what the social media platform deems as nudity or sexual content. For example, Facebook's policy, which was updated in December 2020, states that users are not allowed to post, quote, sexually explicit and implicit content like suggestive emojis or innuendos with sexual statements, end quote. Facebook considers this online behavior as sexual solicitation and therefore can be grounds to remove or flag an account. This censorship did not go unnoticed by sex workers. I talked to Barbara Sarpong, who is also a sex worker, and I asked her about her thoughts on these new censorship policies. Here she is.
3: Actually as of December 20th like in Instagram that was part of their new terms of service. You can't um, allude to your OnlyFans, You can't like post links in any sort of dating site like Tinder or like anything like that. Like they they're typically like that. Oh, Snapchat. Snapchat's a, yeah, Snapchat's like that too.
0: This isn't new, right? I mean, guidelines for whatever reason have never really been consistent. I know one boudoir photographer whose work kept getting reported for being too sexual because they featured women in lingerie. Meanwhile, a picture of someone in a bikini is unlikely to get flagged despite the fact that they're showing the same amount of skin.
1: Yeah, exactly. And because of that lack of consistency, OnlyFans creates an opportunity where there's a separate space that creators can decide what kind of content they want to share nude or not, and charge others to access it. And on the topic of content creation, I asked Madison what her content production routine is like. Here she is. So I have a separate
2: space in addition to my home in which to take photos in every nook and cranny around around the space. I have an entire separate wardrobe that I'll shoot in, um, different sets of makeup, etc. I feel like the time that goes into creating what content I'm going to produce is just as time consuming as the actual creation of it. So I might decide, okay, I'm going to do you know, this specific outfit on Wednesday or this specific outfit on Monday because Monday is a good engagement day. So I'm trying to time the analytics of posting with the amount of effort that I'm dropping on specific days. So yeah, it's it's an art, it's a science, it's a full-time job. <laughs> And I'm, I'm still figuring it out personally.
0: I'm about to be super cringy, but that is a major girl boss vibe.
1: When the site entered mainstream internet culture, memes about OnlyFans began to circulate on social media. And Beyonce gave it a shout out in the Savage remix with Megan Thee Stallion. After Queen Bee's shout out, there was a 15% increase in OnlyFans traffic. That was an iconic moment. It was indeed. And a number of celebrities, including Cardi B and Bella Thorne, also signed up as creators on the platform. But not without controversy, which we'll get into a little bit later. But even without Beyonce's help, OnlyFans saw explosive growth in 2020, with up to $4 billion being paid out by the platform over four years.
0: Supply and demand people. So it didn't really explode overnight. Um, It seems that it just entered mainstream culture and now people are finally catching on.
1: Yeah, definitely. But being in the mainstream isn't necessarily always a good thing because although more people know about it, they often talk down on those who use OnlyFans as a source of income. Here's what Madison had to say about this
2: I think we've been seeing this for. Oh gosh, decades! I was watching Seinfeld the other night, and literally part of his stand-up piece was, you know, something about prostitution or uh, something about a stripper. And I think we see it constantly in media, in even Beyonce's song. She's gonna make it onlyfans. Like it's it's thought of as this easy, but also kind of you know degrading way of making money. And I think that the way we talk about it and the way we laugh about it. It just it doesn't help legitimize it as a real form of employment.
0: What factors helped OnlyFans gain such widespread popularity and what allowed it to grow more rapidly than other creator platforms?
1: Well, unlike other platforms, you can only use OnlyFans as a subscriber or a creator. And there is no centralized timeline or newsfeed that you can casually browse as a passerby.
0: So you mentioned OnlyFans' uh, business model is different and accessible. Did either Barbara or Madison have any thoughts about why OnlyFans took off or if they had any hiccups with it?
1: I'll start with Barbara. I asked her why she thinks OnlyFans took off in a way that other similar sites haven't.
3: I think OnlyFans is user-friendly. I think they, like a main, like, like many vids is kind of... It's kind of not, like, it's just kind of not. I, I think it was user friendly and it became that Uber Eats or that Coke, that McDonald's, like that, that one, that poster child of that type of site for some reason. Like there, there's been others before it, but it's almost like, I think the way that they did the money system as well, I think they kind of had a good system going with that. Like, I think they kind of did it right.
0: I promise I'm paying attention. But when I hear Uber Eats, I immediately think about what I could order for takeout. So now I'm distracted. What about Madison?
1: I was just about to get to her. Uh, Madison said she's still trying to learn what works and what doesn't on OnlyFans.
2: I'm experiencing some growing pains with it. It's been a year and I'm still trying to figure out the right level of effort versus reward. With this kind of business model, what I'm learning is there's no benchmark, there's no framework for what works or what's expected of you. I think setting your price point, figuring out the type of content you're going to produce, what you're going to advertise, um, maintaining your healthy boundaries, it's all something that's evolving and it's all subject to trial and error. So I think trying to figure out all of these things is definitely something that's time consuming and requires a lot of energy and brain power.
1: And on that note, according to Business Insider, those in the top 1% of earners are likely to be making at least $15,000 a month, and on the top end, more than $100,000 a month. Although, as our experts mentioned, making this kind of revenue certainly takes a lot of work. However, the platform experienced backlash from users this past summer, after actress Bella Thorne made her OnlyFans debut and effectively changed the way the platform is used. I vaguely
0: remember um, seeing this story on socials, but I was busy hating her music. So give me a quick rundown. What happened?
1: So what happened was, when Thorne joined and subsequently once other celebrities also joined— They were able to take home a lot of profit at the expense of everyday sex workers who use the platform to pay their bills. After joining OnlyFans, Thorne made $2 million in two weeks. And as a result, OnlyFans prevented vendors from charging over $50 for pay-per-view content and set a $100 limit on tips. This upset many creators, with some saying that celebrities like Thorne directly jeopardize their livelihoods by infiltrating what was generally a level playing field. So when I mentioned the scandal to Barbara, she said she also noticed some increased barriers. Here she is again.
3: Well, since the barrier increased, the one that I did notice was, or the one that was brought to my attention was the fact that they would withhold any sort of income that you would make for a month. I believe that was, correct me if I'm wrong. It was, was it, um... Instead of giving the money out right away, like you would have to wait, they would put it on hold for a month.
0: I'm curious what Madison thinks about celebrities joining OnlyFans or even just like the references in pop culture.
1: I asked her her thoughts on this and here's what she said. I, I don't personally
2: think it's a good thing. I don't think that a celebrity in all of their power joining online sex work is a good thing for sex workers. I think that if the positive publicity that they brought with them was going to help reduce the stigma, then yeah, I'd be all for it. Here's the thing. Celebrities are not the same as the marginalized, stigmatized, criminalized group of people who use this platform. Sex workers face housing discrimination. We face our bank accounts being shut down, banned from countries, targeted for physical violence, online bullying. Celebrities are people with, you know, infinite financial resource and security and, you know, they dip their toe into online sex work and think they do it in a way that is ignorant of the people and the policy and the platform that exist. I think that they disrespect the ecosystem that celebrities, or sorry, that OnlyFans creators and sex workers have created. And I think that they're leaving it a worse off place than they found it.
1: I asked Barbara about what a person would need to consider before starting this type of an online business, especially as it relates to sex work. Here she is.
3: It's not that easy like like cuz even the customers that you get like, you're you're dealing with people and people get bored they don't want to see the same thing every day are, are you going to have time to continue to like pump out new content every day like are you going to communicate with them every day are you going to change up the looks change up the scenery especially during lockdown cuz this is it
0: People who romanticize sex work are so quick to diminish the time and effort that goes into this line of work. Um, and I feel like it's really problematic and also very harmful.
1: Definitely. And as OnlyFans gained mainstream popularity, some OnlyFans creators shared their experiences on TikTok about how successful their accounts were. And while their anecdotes encouraged people who were interested in starting in OnlyFans, other creators shared the realities of being on the subscription site, debunking the myth that it's easy money. Here's Barbara's take on this.
3: It just depends on how much effort you want to put into it or how much time you have to put into it. Like me personally, like ever since um, I started working full time, like I just haven't even had very much, as much time as I'd like to, to put into it when i was using it more frequently when i was super active with it it was a, it was just a constant hustle like it's a lot of hard work it's it's essentially you're running your own business and you're selling yourself you literally are <laughs> like you literally are you know it's like it's like okay you follow me on say instagram for free so now pay to follow me here like you know what i mean like that's essentially why you're what you're asking people to do. So it's a lot of like sales, marketing. And, it, and it's actually, it, it is infused with sex work in, in certain cases, but it's, it's kind of seeing how it goes hand in hand.
1: I also asked Madison for her advice for people who are curious about OnlyFans. Here she is.
2: There's definitely a romanticization happening here. And it's, it's kind of freaky to watch from the inside. Most of my weeks... I mean, not that I want to dwell on the subject, but most of my weeks, I'm probably putting in 50, 60 hour work weeks easily between the editing, the creating, and the other you know, sides of my business as well. I think there's that. I think there's the scrutiny that you're going to experience from other people about your body, the scrutiny that you're going to put on your own body, seeing your body in full broad daylight, you know, in all sorts of positions, naked is hard for your mental health. It is difficult. I think that with OnlyFans also comes a lot of, you know, crude comments and rude comments and, you know, being sexualized in a way that you're not used to. So there's all these factors that basically you know compile on top of one another that makes it physically mentally emotionally spiritually a difficult line of work it's not easy but like all difficult lines of work the option and the the availability to make more money is there i think that if it's something that people are serious about and they have the self confidence and the thick enough skin to go ahead and do it then absolutely join it and see see where it takes you but it is sex work you're going to be sexualized, and you're going to work your butt off. So if that's something that is just outside your realm of, you know, experience and outside your realm of um, comfort, then no, it's not for everybody. Don't do
1: it. And despite the fact that OnlyFans' user base continues to grow, the actual use of the platform still carries stigma for sex workers, and for many, comes with very real repercussions. For example, a New York paramedic who turned to the platform to help make ends meet was doxxed by the New York Post in December 2020, putting her job at risk. She wasn't necessarily hiding her profile, but she also wasn't advertising it to her colleagues, and she had started it to support herself during the pandemic. So even though OnlyFans has become more openly discussed— This shows that there is more work to be done in destigmatizing sex work as a whole. As OnlyFans becomes a term that's more commonly known and more commonly used in top songs or elsewhere, Barbara says it's time for the platform to stop pretending they were ever intended to be family-friendly, especially when most of their top creators and top users aren't just there for cooking videos.
3: It really blew up this year because everything has been going on. And they were trying to rebrand themselves, like trying to be more like Patreon, like, you know, like more family-friendly. And, um... I don't think that, like, I think that kind of just backfired on them a bit because it's like, just own the, just own it. Like, just, we we know what you are. Like, 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 stop this. Like, stop. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like, take the wig off. Like, we know.
1: 2020 may have been the year that OnlyFans took off, but it certainly won't be the last time we hear about it. I mean especially if Queen Bee is singing about it.
0: Well, on that note, thanks for listening to today's episode, and we'll see you next time.
1: Don't forget to leave us a review, follow us on socials, and share this pod with a friend. And feel free to let us know what you want to see Decomplicated next. This episode was produced by Rumnik Johal and Carol Eugene Park, and was mixed and scored by our audio producer, Sean Cameron. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Decomplicated.